Have you ever thought about how weird apples are? All right, maybe not weird, but how prolific they are in American pop culture and how that's kind of weird. You know, they can be found on the desks of teachers everywhere. They were used as the symbol for one of the biggest tech companies in the world. They make the best pie filling, don't at me on that. They repel doctors, and they even invented gravity. Don't at me on that fact either. I guess, to be fair, I haven't done too much Apple-based research in my life. And I'm willing to bet that you haven't either. You know, that you've never been stood inside of a grocery store in front of the Apple case and thought to yourself, I wonder where these apples come from. And I don't mean like, what state do these apples come from? I mean, where does the cosmic crisp apple come from? Like, what other apples is this apple made out of? And what other weird intricacies about the cosmic crisp do I need to know about? You know, these are just some of the like small details in life that I don't have time to think about. So I'm just like a regular person. But once you do start sweating the small details of life and start trying to optimize your life, that's when you can make the jump from someone who's a regular person to someone who's irregular, someone who's exceptional. And today on this podcast, that's what we're here for, to talk to someone who's just that, exceptional. My name's Alan. This is the Criterion Nation podcast, a podcast about life lived one corner at a time. Our guest today is Ama Ensek, and if you spent any amount of time in 2021 following along with the U.S. crit scene, then Ama is a rider that needs no introduction. To my tally, he won six races in a row, all three days at Tulsa Tough, Boise Twilight, and both days of Salt Lake City and the one-two races, and then went on to finish on the podium in both the road race and the crit at U.S. Amateur Nats. But to top it all off, he managed to pull off a nearly impossible win in the P1 race Saturday night at Winston-Salem. By himself, without a team. How do you like them apples? Alma the cyclist needs no introduction, but Alma the person is eh, a little more mysterious. So my co-host Selena and I sat down with him to chat, learn a bit more. Like, what does he do for a job? What were his plans for his 22nd birthday? And what's his favorite fruit? Tiny crisp apple, by the way. Mine's a Fuji, but nobody asked. Alma the cyclist needs no introduction, partially because of today's first sponsor, Source Endurance. Source Endurance is an endurance-based coaching company that is designed to help you reach your best endurance self. They have multiple levels of coaching, all designed around how involved you want them to be in your life, as well as diet services to make sure you stay healthy and reach your next event ready to crush, whether that event is uh, crit, gravel, or cross. So if you're looking for a coach for 2022 and want to see if they can help you reach AMA levels of fitness, then go give their website a look. And while you're there, use our code CRITERIUMNATION all one word, for $50 off your first month and head into 2022 ready for anything. Speaking of finding your best self, the second sponsor of today's episode is Manscaped. Manscaped is a men's grooming product that's designed to help you look and feel more comfortable in your own skin. As part of the sponsorship, Manscaped sent us their whole package of products. Included in that was the Lawnmower 4.0. And you know, as a cyclist, I spend a not insignificant amount of time shaving my legs. But up until I got the lawnmower, I was mostly using disposable razors, which are just time consuming, left me with like nicks and cuts all over my legs. And they're just really wasteful. But the lawnmower has helped me do away with all of that. We're also headed straight into base season, which means long hours spent sitting in the saddle. And usually... That means saddle sores. But the best way to do away with those is to keep things nice and clean, smooth, friction-free in the bib shorts. And Manscaped has products for that too. Their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver promise to keep things nice and smooth and friction-free 
all winter long. So that way you come into the springtime looking good, feeling good, ready to go. So if you decide you want to give it a try, and I recommend that you do, or if you have someone in your life that you think could benefit from their line of products, then you should head on over to the Manscaped website. You can kind of pick and choose whatever products you want, but if you decide you want to go for the whole package, then they send you this cool leather carrying case to hold everything in, and it just makes you feel like one suave mother... And then once you decide on what you want, head on over to check out and use the code CRITERIUMNATION for 20% off and free shipping straight to your front door, just in time for the holidays. Finally, we are currently, always have been, and always will be a part of the Wide Angle Podium network of podcasts. It's your one-stop shop for all independent cycling media. They have a bunch of different great shows like the Slow Ride Podcast, Nowhere Fast for all you Zwift fans out there as well as my personal favorite, other than this one, Cyclocross Radio, who are currently doing an excellent job of covering the cyclocross season both here domestically as well as overseas in Europe. So if you like what you hear here today, then head on over to WideAnglePodium.com and consider subscribing, or even better, donating and becoming a member to make sure that these podcasts who are doing God's work continue to be able to put out the best in independent cycling media. All right, with all that low-hanging fruit grabbed, here it is. It's Celine, myself, and Ama. We're talking about life, bikes, and the pursuit of fruit-based knowledge. We're getting into all of it, and we're doing that right now. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Criterium Nation podcast. I am not Rob Kelly. He's not going to be here this week because he has real-world activities but here with me is my co-host, Celine. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. It's Ama Ensek. Yeah, uh, Ama, thanks for being here. We're super excited to, to have you on the show. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm super glad to be here. I'm doing, I'm doing very well. Yeah, no, um, yeah, just relaxing. I got my cup of coffee, which I'm almost out of. Um, but, I mean, it's 6.30, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Tune out for this. <laughs> yeah. We spent uh, a little too much time in the green room, so running out of coffee. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you just are getting back from Collegiate Mountain Bike Nationals, no? Yeah, yeah. So um, Collegiate Mountain Bike Nationals was happening in uh, Durango, Colorado. So yeah, no, um, as some people might know, I'm racing for Milligan uh, University. So we just headed out there. Uh, there there happened to be two snowstorms that happened um, right before the, uh, the Nationals event happened. So it was kind of up in the air as to whether or not it would actually, you know, transpire, but it ended up going through. Uh, however, the trails were absolutely not conducive to actual cross-country racing. So what ended up being a two-mile climb on a bike ended up being a two-mile hike. Oh, no way. <laughs> um, with a very icy downhill. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be quite the story. I think a lot of collegiate athletes are going to be talking about for a couple years, but no, it was very, it was very crazy. Um, just, you know, like black ice in random corners and is, um, is either black ice or insane amounts of mud. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a far cry from, uh, from racing crits, but that's interesting. So you're going to Milligan right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I decided to go back, um, Majoring in accounting, so um, as of right now, I only have um, like upper division classes left. I'm taking it's weird, like humanities and Bible are also part of the curriculum as me like being a transfer student. So 
as like I have all these like freshman level classes, like like a very small amount. And then I have these ex- extremely difficult like upper end division accounting classes. So it's just it's it's funny to see the two kind of blend together. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty good. Um, are you taking all of your classes remote then because you're in California now? Uh, no, no. So um, my birthday is actually this week. So um, all of my classes are in person. However, I'm doing very good in my classes. So I was like, honestly, it's it's more of like a I'll take like a small percentage grade hit in my humanities and Bible classes. But also, I haven't really spent time with my family since May because I've been gone so long. And um, I'm very glad to be back. I mean, it's honestly like the the it's it's worth I'd rather get a B in school and get an A in life. And I'm still going to get an A like in those classes, but like the, the principle remains the same. Like I would rather get an A in life because that's really what matters and um, family over everything. I like it. That's awesome. I just I just had a question and I completely just vanished. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a question for you guys. What, what did you guys do for your 22nd birthday? Oh, oh man, <laughs> uh, that was a long time ago for me. Yeah, I have a winter birthday, so it's it gets pretty chilly in Boise in January. So I'm sure we did just did something inside. I think I was actually sick. <laughs> Dang, I was hoping for a more like climactic story, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something a little bit more motivating. Um, so you're turning 22 this week. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Do you have anything fun planned? Um, so actually, by the time this comes out, um, they'll have already gotten it. But what I did was I bought like these note cards. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, like it's just like they have like some special meaning to them. Um, so I'm like handwriting these cards, and I'll spend um some bits of tomorrow like driving around and like hand delivering them. But yeah, it's like it's weird. Like as you get older, like birthdays don't really like mean as much, but it's more so like. It's more like a time of reflection for me now rather than like a, oh man, like a 10 year old getting, getting gifts. It's more of like a being alive is the gift and like the life that we live is just amazing. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, I'm super grateful for my friends and um, for my family. So yeah, just, um, I'm going to write that later tonight and just pass them out tomorrow. And then um, we got a, we got a night hike planned and dinner. Um, I was going to ask you a lot more questions about bikes, but uh, I kind of feel like it, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more to you than just bike racing though. Um, and all of those aspects are clearly super important, like, like family, for example. Um, and that's something that's really hard to maintain. It's really hard to maintain any kind of relationships in competitive cycling. So how do you do it? How do you maintain like a close relationship with your family and your friends um, while balancing this like crazy time consuming sport man it, it does it does get tough at times. I really enjoy the winter months because you know like I am at home, I am able to spend time with them. Luckily, I have a job where like I work from my laptop, so there's a lot of times where I'll be hanging out with my friends, but I'm still you know like getting work done what i what I really enjoy is just like those those nights and like um like having a kickbox, just like sitting down, having dinner, catching up, seeing how life is. Um, seeing what's going on, seeing like what we can do to maybe make it better or just to acknowledge how good things are. Um, I, I like to do a lot of that during my winters when I'm out traveling or really just, um, I try to stay in touch, but really like life gets pretty hectic while I'm out traveling. And especially like this past summer, there was so much happening. 
And so it was, it was pretty tough to like stay in touch. But even then, like I'm still shooting calls. Like um, I'm still like calling my friends when I when I can and just seeing how they're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like being gone for like five to six months out of the year is definitely not easy. But you have to like actively work for it. Yeah, I think that's something that's kind of maybe overlooked a lot when people look at bike racing from the outside you know they see that we're traveling to all of these like pretty generally cool places and they think like oh that looks cool and fun and it must be easy to do but yeah like Celine said maintaining those relationships and like you just said uh like it takes a lot of work um you know it's it takes time and like to have the thought to actively like pick up your phone and call somebody or shoot them a text message and it's really easy to like let those things kind of kind of fall by the wayside yeah, and I guess like you said, having the off season to really kick back and like actually kind of reform some of those connections is is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I actually did, um, like, so when I finally like when I was done with cycling like a couple years ago, I was like, I really just want to spend close one on one time with my friends. So what I did was I'd block out like little segments and I'd take these mini vacations. So there's actually someone coming over to my house tonight. His name's Isaac. And um, one of the first vacations that we did was like, I want to go visit Kahlo. He lives in Grand Junction. Um, let's take a four day weekend. Let's just go out there. And, um, you know, like we we're just chatting the entire time. We got a 16 hour drive ahead of us. And we we're just having like the deepest conversations, um, really just like conversations that you typically don't have with people that are it's not small talk. It's very like, this is kind of like the struggles that I'm having with life or the revelations that I'm having. Like, what do you think? And we can, we can really just chat to find out like some of the the bigger aspects of life that people don't really think about. I used to, I used to do that. I still do that a little bit, but it's, it's way harder right now. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of the the four day vacation, four day weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Never let it go. Um, unplanned. Never, at least for me. I guess uh, one kind of like sillier bike question that I have is, uh, so I always see you're doing all these crazy wheelies um, and just generally doing a lot of bike skills things. Or is there anything that you're working on right now, like a skill that you're trying to master? You actually, that is a wonderful question. Um, so I want to learn how to do manuals. So like wheeling is uphill manuals or downhill manuals are way more cool to me but i'm just too scared so i could wheelie all day long but really like i want to be able to just send it downhill and just pop a wheel uh, a manny um so yeah i'm actually i'm gonna be working that on that this off season i wrote that down as one of my goals um so like this off season is gonna be like a month um if i take it so i'm gonna just um i'm literally just gonna work on manuals for like two or three hours a day <laughs> Like whenever I have time, I'm literally just like, I have the perfect hill for it. So like Milligan, it's weird. Like there's, it's either like 10% grade downhill, 10% grade uphill. There's no flat terrain. So you're always like, there's always a hill to practice it on. So I'm I'm super excited. (laughs) So you brought up writing down goals. Um, Is that something that you do a lot or is that just like going into the off season or what's, what's that all about? Oh my gosh. No, I write down goals all the time. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I don't have it with me, but I have a, I have a planner that's like this thick. I am big on planning. I'm very much a, like what goes, like if you don't plan for it, it'll never happen type of guy. And, um, 
I used to be the the kid who goes to um, high school. They give out those like first day of school agendas. And I just toss it in the trash. And now I'm literally the kid that's like the complete opposite. I got everything planned out every hour, every 30 minutes of the day. So that way, like I know that I'm living my life as optimally as I can. So yeah, no, I separate my I separate my goals. Well, I have like personal goals and then I have cycling goals. Uh, I take a look at where I want to be. Um, like as a human being, like certain things that I want to work on in terms of attributes, like being more patient or thinking a little bit more clearly in terms of like surprise things that come up, how to act appropriately and to make the best decision. Like one of the other things that I wanted to work on was like strengthening my relationships with friends. Yeah. So there's like, there's personal goals. There's like financial goals. There are like business goals that I have. And I separate it all out in the planner. And then I have like the cycling goals added into that. And then I break the year up. So I'm planning things. I, I plan things out. So like I just actually ordered my planner for the 20, the year 2022. So when I get back to Milligan, I'm going to sit down and take a look at like how everything went this year. And I'm going to take a look at next year. And I'm already going to start like marking weekends down. So like um, these are the vacations that I want to take, like focusing on like the family and friends events first. So it's like family first. Then I think about like, okay, what are the business moves that I need to make? And what are the events that are happening that I need to actually attend? And then I start like cutting things down and we eventually get down to like integrating cycling into the mix, integrating Milligan into the mix, integrating like collegiate racing and all that. Um, So it ends up being like a full calendar year. And then I usually take it from like a month to month basis and look at things every Sunday night. So that way everything goes like nothing goes unseen. Is that something that you sort of picked up, you know, like you said, as a kid, you would just throw away the schedule at the beginning of the year. So is this sort of level of planning something you picked up on your own just as you have grown and aged? Or was there somebody in your life that kind of like showed you the benefits of, you know, planning your life in that way? I would say that a lot of it was just like me personally wanting to do something big with my life and not quite knowing what it was, but I want to like live every second as good as I can like no one no one really told me like hey you should have a planner but at the same time I was like okay well these are the big things that I want to do and I keep forgetting certain things because I don't have it written down and I don't have like a checklist to go throughout the day I'd maybe get like 70% of the 100% every day and I'm like well if I'm constantly getting a C in these daily activities it'll compound into getting like a C in terms of where I want to be in life so I was like, if having a planner helps me live this A-level lifestyle, then having a planner is kind of what I have to do. So, yeah, and um, my brother and I, we read all the time. So actually, we started off this year with this book called The 12-Week Year. And it was like, it's supercharged how we thought about things. And it, it's kind of like um, like setting these highly ambitious goals, but really like using Pareto's rule to cut down all the fat and just focus on like the big action steps that are going to get you like from point A to point B and just focusing on that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I've, my birthday's coming around. I've been looking around at like what I've been able to do this year. It's been crazy. Like I didn't hit all of my goals, but I, I nabbed a good amount of them and I got a lot done that um, I wasn't actually like really expecting to get done. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's been a pretty killer year for cycling, but really like, that's just only part of it. It's been, it's been crazy. I guess what were your, um, I don't know, say like top five goals for this year that you're most stoked about? Oh man. Well, honestly, 
being able to podium in every national event that I competed in was like a pretty like massive goal that I wasn't really expecting, especially for like the short track mountain bike. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I could do that. Let's see. Being able to spend time with like family and friends was a big one. So I knew I was going to be traveling. I knew that um, like every day that I spent in California, like the days were numbered before I like left. So I just made sure that I spent time with family and friends. And I, I had like a list. I wanted to hang out with them between one to three times every week. And like I couldn't let work just drown out my social life. So I put that as a big priority and I hit that. I wanted to travel one week every month for the entire year. And I've actually been gone for 32 weeks since I turned 21. <laughs> so we definitely hit that mark. I'm trying to think. I don't have my planner in front of me. And like we had we had certain financial goals and I got super close. Um, I exceeded in certain ways um, in terms of the business development, but actually hitting like the benchmarks. I mean, there's just like miscellaneous expenses that come around that I wasn't really like forecasting for. Um, so that kind of nabbed it a little bit, but yeah. And like being able to like read, being able to read was a big one for me. So, you know, like I, I listen to audiobooks. I also like read physical books. So, you know, I actually like set aside time to just further expand, um, like just being financially, financially literate, emotionally capable. Um, like, especially, um, when I started the summer, like since, since this summer, I've just been reading more and more books on emotionally aware being like self-aware as to like how I'm dealing with the situation and how my like emotions are kind of like my my mind responding to the physical environment that's being given so um yeah those those are like my top five goals that uh, I did my best to hit I, I hit the majority of them uh what are you reading right now oh man uh let's see so I had actually just finished this book called eight dates and it was my my second time reading it. Let's see. I listened to an audiobook since then. But I'd say Eight Dates was a fantastic one. It, it really just dived into what makes a relationship successful. Um, you know, like it talks about the divorce rates and all of that. Like it had all the stats behind it. But really it dived into, okay, well, having a longitudinal study and cross-sectional, like what what is it really that makes relationships work? And they separated it out into like eight different sectors. And it really just dived into like couples who had just gotten together, people who were just recently engaged, people who had just gotten married and people who have been married for five years and people who've been married for 30 years. And it followed them to see like which relationships made it, which ones didn't. In doing so, it really was just about your investment into the other person. Like, like there, there are a whole bunch of different topics, but really like what it, what it came down to was like, how invested are you into this individual? Like, are you fully invested into them or are like, have you lost your, your passion over the years? Or if you have, how can you get it back? And, you know, it just, it just dived into the relationships. It was, it was a good one. Like me, I'm, I'm 21, I'm single, but at the same time, like I'm well aware of the fact that most people do like get a girlfriend and get married. So I just, I just um, want to educate myself in terms of how to be as prepared as possible. You know, that, that's, that's literally me. I just, I'm just always like thinking 10 steps ahead. <laughs> You're a planner. It's what you know. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, it's probably to like a faulty extent. As someone who also really loves planners, do you have like a go-to planner brand or yeah, I'm really curious about that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called day designer. Yeah. It's called the day designer planner. And I get the, the, the daily planner. 
So full on 365. It gives you good questions um, to start off the year. Honestly, let me, ah, man. I kind of want to grab it, but honestly, it's 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 not the most pertinent to the conversation, like at hand. But it it really is just like um like what does life mean to you? What do you want to do to maximize your life? Like if you could do th- certain things to improve it, what are they? And you just write it down, and then it's like what could we integrate into this calendar to make it happen? I guess I mean that's a pretty perfect segue into uh, something that we wanted to talk to you about, and something that I'm always really impressed by is just who you are as like what you're capable of in terms of bike racing like you are pretty transparent about power numbers that you post online and i'm always mind blown and everyone that i like run to i'm like look at his power numbers and they're all like oh my gosh he's uh world class and so i guess my question is do you ever see yourself going world tour or is that not something that you're interested in i mean like my development as a junior, I'm not sure if like the majority of people know. Um, I assume that they don't. So I raced for the the SoCal High School Mountain Biking League. It's it's part of NICA and they're growing. But after I was like 15, 16 years old, I transitioned over to road to race for Lux. Um, pretty much like the number one junior team in the world. They 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 have a stacked roster. Several like um like Quinn Simmons, Brandon McNulty, both like world champions came from Lux and Brandon was my teammate. You know, like now the alumni, a lot of them are going world tour. Um, like also like one of my boys, Sean Quinn. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> um, you just signed with EF. But um, you know, you look at the the program and like I did I did Team USA my last year as a junior, racing for luck. So we did like blocks out in Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, and you know, like finished up my year racing in Canada. After that I kinda had to come to a decision like, do we want to go pro or do we want to go to school? But really like it wasn't an option for me and my brother. We really just were like education's primary. So we went to school instead um, versus you know, the majority of them taking online classes or not going to school at all and deciding to go like the pro path. I think um, for us, it's just like it's just ingrained in us, you know, like go get your education. Also, bike racing is dangerous and very political. <laughs> so, you know, like any any professional athlete will tell you that a uh, professional cyclist. I mean, like people people die in the sport. People people break their pelvis. Like it's it's not necessarily the most gentle sport. And um, there's a lot of like tension and anxiety. Just like your life is kind of on the line a little bit. <laughs> Do I want to go world tour? I would say as of right now, oof, uh, I don't know enough about it. I'd probably say no, just because I'm very happy with the lifestyle that I have right now. Having cool power numbers is nice, but like that's I do that for. One, I don't really care about putting layers of separation between me and like the audience. In terms of power numbers, I feel like that's fairly like elitist to a certain extent. A lot, a lot of people don't post their, their power numbers just because um, they want to keep an edge up against their competition. They don't want their competition knowing. At the same time, it doesn't really matter. Like the legs you have on race day, the legs you have on race day. So um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much like an open book when it comes to that. But yeah, I was surprised when I did that one minute test though. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> I think that's also fun, you know, like um, it, it just it's just like having an open book allows people to actually like follow along and to understand like, holy crap, this is actually like what it takes in order to perform well here. So that way it's just like, oh, you, you have something to follow along with, you know? Yeah, I honestly never really understood the need to hide power numbers because knowing what kind of power you put out doesn't enable other people to also be able to do that without them putting in the work themselves. Like just having that knowledge doesn't make them suddenly fitter than they were before they knew that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm very like I'm very inclusive. Just um, like it's, it's kind of who I am. I'm not really very much on um, like 
having clicks or anything. I don't feel like creating some sort of uh, exclusion in, ter- in terms of like who knows my power and who doesn't. I mean, <laughs> the epic one minute power club. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> dude, that was hard. <laughs> uh, what was what did you do for one minute? Uh, so I did nine twenty five for a minute. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very. I was I was cracked. Um, there was a point where my power meter cut out, and I was like, no. <laughs> So it said it said nine twenty five, but it was actually I don't know. Um, I don't know what it would have been without it. Probably like nine thirty, nine thirty five. But I was, I was bummed. <laughs> it is still like a good test, yeah. So, um, yeah, I did like the whole like power chart, cycle, power cycling chart, so I could see like where I stack up, and I'm like, holy, like it doesn't even register <laughs> off the chart. Yeah, I'm sure that like honestly, being able to do that at the end of like a six hour day would be a lot of a different story, but. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna live in my bubble of, of willful ignorance and say that I'm happy with it. <laughs> so outside of bikes, you've got your coaching business, right? Imperium. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Imperium, something I started with my brother um, quite a while back. Um, really, it was just a the the main purpose of Imperium still like is like the general mission is to give high school athletes a opportunity to perform well while being able to manage school and have a social life i think that like we all know how time consuming cycling can be especially like growing as a junior it's very difficult to understand like cycling isn't everything even though you want it to be and you're only in high school so long like you're only going to be able to go to prom or homecoming so long you're only going to be able to have that social circle in in high school for so long I mean, it'll be gone in a flash. And a lot of times, like people who are devoting so much time for cycling, they are forgoing their grades, they are forgoing their social life. And in doing so, they only give themselves one opportunity out, which is to either then pursue a trade or go professional. So <laughs> this is meant to give them more opportunities to to help them understand and for us to like be able to guide and say, hey, you know, like going through high school, my brother and I, we had 4.0 GPAs. You know, my brother was higher. Like I graduated high school at 16. He skipped seventh grade. And like we're able to still have the social life and be able to do super well. Um, it doesn't have to be like one or the other. It doesn't have to be cycling or school. It has to be like cycling and school. It has to be cycling and social life. Like you should be able to like have a girlfriend <laughs> if you want. Like if you're like at that point, if your parents are okay with it and like they're giving you money to take your girlfriend out to the theater. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, that's, that's the main premise, and it's grown a lot since then. So now, like, we sponsor the SoCal um, Cycling League. We do, we do some work with, like, Nikki, you know, just help craft the next generation to make sure that they have the resources available to them so that they don't have to train, like, 20 hours to be competitive. They can do it on a lot, a lot less, a lot less. So what does that kind of look like when you are working with a high school athlete and kind of trying to show them how they're able to you know, balance their, their high school life with cycling. Do you do a lot of one-on-one work with students or are you like building things into their training peaks of like, you were going to give you two hours of riding, but then you also need two hours of social time. Yeah. Like what's kind of your process there for, for working with these athletes? The way that I formulate it is like training comes last. Like you need to do well in school. You need to have a social life. And afterwards, like how much time do you have left? And that's what we train with. First question is like, how much time do we have? Which days would you prefer to have off? Like whatever, whatever you want, whatever you need is like what's best. So 
Um, if it's even just remotely easier to have like Thursday off because that's the time that you spend with your family and that's the time that you go out at late at night with your friends, for sure, like that's the day off. I make sure that we get that cemented right off the bat. And then, you know, like a lot of the conversations are with the athletes, but also with the parents. Like even just within the last like 48 hours, I've talked with three different sets of parents and they're like, hey, you know, um, just want to let you know, uh, I'm not going to like name drop but like, hey, they're, they're not doing too well, like with this project, they're kind of falling behind a little bit. I want to like relax on the load a little bit just for this week. Um, so that way they can catch up. Like let's, how much time do they think that they need off? Four hours less? Let's just do six. So that way they can make sure that they get it done. You know, it really is just like working around what they have going on and making sure that all of those needs are met. So like school, social life, and you ride bikes for fun and training is what happens when you're ready to, you love riding bikes and you just want to take it to the next level. If it's not fun, shouldn't be training like you absolutely shouldn't so the moment that the fun goes away we really have to think about like why are you riding um like what's the purpose of it are you doing it to appease to to please your parents or are you doing it for yourself are you doing it to please your coaches are you doing it for yourself why are you doing it for yourself is that like a noble reason is that a good reason to be able to or to to want to ride is this something that'll be good in the long run longevity so like i still want them riding their bikes when they're 50 years old yeah i mean almost want to even go as far as say it's uh it's a bit revolutionary for for working with some high school kids uh and just talking to you before it sounds like you're starting to see kind of the like how that's working out the the benefits of taking this one-on-one and holistic approach uh having having riders that are getting on teams yeah and i think um like a good a good example would be like alex spends more than enough time with his girlfriend like he's like they're they're very happy together and he's doing super good in school he doesn't like from my conversations with him he doesn't want to go pro but he's still getting top 10 at world <laughs> it's it's stuff like that that is just like mind-blowing that it's all possible um you know you could still spend time with your friends your family you could still do super good in school and you can also like rip it on the bike and like cole lewis who just signed with a volo exceptional he goes to usc um he's incredibly smart he's incredibly kind like he's understanding he's very emotionally aware of other people the the plan shifts around like whatever he's got going on in life he wants to go on vacation to san francisco for a couple days and just go hike sure let's make it happen but he lets me know in advance so like we we set it up so that those three days off or four days off are just really like negated minimized in terms of the impact on his performance but yeah, I mean, like it's, it's life comes first and then training comes second. So, yeah. So, I mean, you practice what you preach, like you also have a lot of other things in life that you're juggling and balancing. Um, what do all those things look like? Yeah. So, um, I have a lot going on out of cycling. So <laughs> I have another business that's in its infancy. So I don't really like want to like drop the ball on it yet. It'll definitely be growing in the future and I'll talk more about it later. But I still have that coming up. That's very time consuming. I make sure that I spend time with like my friends and my family, um, like hence taking a week off of school to, you know, come home. Um, it's, it's a big priority of mine. And then I make sure that I'm doing well in school. And then I'm like, OK, well, how much can I ride now? <laughs> I no longer coach myself. So I work with um, Adam Mills and he's very understanding of the whole situation. Um, so he's, he's, <laughs> I, I love Adam. He's very similar to me in terms of like understanding and, um, making sure that we can get as fast as possible with the, the given amount of time that we have. So, and the first thing he asked for when I told him I was going to Milligan, I was like, okay, when are your midterms? Because you're going to be super busy. We need to plan for that now. Um, like when are your collegiate races? Okay, cool. 
you just got to Milligan. Take a week. Don't even follow a training plan. Just go out and ride and check out new trails. Like don't ride the same road twice. Just go out and um, make sure that you know the terrain. So that way, when I do give you training plans, you can execute them and you know which roads to get them done on. So yeah, it's just it's just it's like it's the little things like that that um, you know make life easier. You're obviously like a really highly motivated person. Who or what motivates you? There was like some personal stuff with like my dad that had happened a couple years ago. Yeah, without like getting too deep into it the understanding that life is not as long as we think and that every day truly is a blessing good or bad like it doesn't it doesn't matter how um, bad things seem it'll always get better if you work for it so yeah I mean I'm, I'm constantly motivated to at this point like everything that had happened had forced me to like take time out of school take time away from everything it was a really like difficult point in my life and I had to really think about um like what my purpose is. And I was like, well, I know that I want to help people in the future, but I have to take care of myself first. What motivates me is making sure that I'm okay, making sure that I'm doing everything that I can to create this future where I want to be able to live as charitably as possible as I grow. I'm literally just doing everything that I can to set this this foundation so that way I can be in a position to give back when, I, when I'm older. And kind of along those lines, uh, is there something that you feel like people don't know about you that you kind of wish they did kind of whether that's you as a cyclist or you outside of cycling? I think generally people can sort of maybe make assumptions about somebody based off of what they see them do on the bike. So is there, yeah, like I said, anything about you that people don't know that you wish they did? Shoot. I mean, I, honestly, I feel like on the bike, I'm pretty nice. Like I just kind of like... I'm not, I'm not a jerk. I'm literally just like, okay, you want the wheel. Depends on how close you are to the finish, man. Um, I'm sorry. You can't have it or like, sure. Take it. Like I'm always like, okay, you want the wheel? Yeah. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Okay. Three laps to go. Let me think about it. Yeah. I'm never really just like yelling at anyone. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm super personable. Like if you want to, if you want to come up and chat, I'm, I'm more than willing to have a conversation. So cool. Well, let's talk more bikes then real quick and then we can maybe close it out with some rapid fire. Yeah, I guess, are you going to do marathon mountain bike nets? Uh, no. And the reason is because I am physically and mentally tapped. It's been a very long year. I've been, I've been training since last October. Like, it's, it's been a very, very long year. Um, not only that, like, there's just been a whole bunch of stress throughout this entire year. So I, I need my time off. I do enjoy long events. Like, um, you know, I, I had done super well at the, the BWR, like wafer ride is like my first gravel race. I do, I do enjoy like those, those longer types of events, but really like, it's, it's just not in the cards as of right now. Have you, or I guess I'm curious, I race a lot of cyclocross. Is that something you've ever done before or something you want to try? So cyclocross in California is very different than the rest of the world because it does not snow here and it rarely rains. So in terms of getting like actual like true conditions for cyclocross, it's, it's, it's not existent. I mean, I would like to try cyclocross, but really like it's, it's too much of an effort to be competitive on a like national level or class level because there's, there's just not enough um, like resources at least available to me. Like I, if I had started like a couple years ago and had all these connections to be able to go out and train in different places, like sure. But uh, as of right now, it, it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> so do you find that like if you are going to race your bike you want to do it like at the highest level that you possibly can a pretty a pretty big thing is to just like go all in 
I mean, like cycling as well as just like sports in general is very like known for no one remembers second place. No one remembers third place. Like if if you're going to do it and when it comes to sports, you should like my philosophy is to just give it everything that you can. Yeah. So, I mean, like being on a professional team like Legion, results matter. So, um, you know, like it's kind of like first or bust type of deal. Which is weird. I've never really had like a mentality like that as like ingrained in me before this year. But now it's like, I kind of get it. It's a good mentality to have. I mean, I think and that's one of those things where you can't really teach it. Either kind of have it or you don't. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could someone like it's it's I think it's kind of everyone could have it. It's just like how to unlock it. Like it's different for everyone. Everyone's like different as to how they view things. So what may work for one person won't work for another. And like, I'm very different than most of the writers on Legion. So like what worked for them absolutely did not work for me. (laughs) So what did you have to do? Or like, what were your keys to sort of unlocking your your killer mindset? Just like a, a certain level of understanding as to where I'm at. And then like my mentality versus... A lot of people, it's very like a, like a harsh, like you need to do this and that's how you're going to get faster. I'm very much like, okay, like what are the reasons behind it? Like what are the intricacies um, looking into it on a more like a, a objective level rather than um, like we have an effing job to do, like we need to get it done, you know? So um, yeah, I'm very much like a go with the flow, analyze a race, um, like take the opportunities where I can get it versus like operate under insane amounts of pressure, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that obviously worked really well for you. You had an amazing season winning Winston-Salem all by yourself, racing Toad, nabbing all the preems. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty incredible season. Um, Yeah. Just to dip into bikes a little bit more like what were what were like the highs of the year for you in terms of bike racing i was talking to my coach about it he was like what were some of like the highlights of the season i'm like the entire season was really a highlight just because i mean i'm not like yeah like we're racing our bikes like we're doing our best to win but really like it's the experience that matters um like being able to go to tulsa was awesome Marietta was great to just like catch up with friends and like I haven't seen them in so long you know like COVID's been super crazy and I'm finally able to go race bikes with my friends you know like being able to go back to Milwaukee like Toad's my favorite race of the year just being able to do crits day after day after day after day and oftentimes like outside of this year it coincides with Summerfest which is like this concert that you know like ties in with Toad so typically like we're going out we're racing we're going home we're showering then we're going out and like albeit we didn't get to do that this year I still had a great time and I did super good at nationals, like Salt Lake, Boise, like <laughs> XC nationals and like being able to go out and train in Boulder. Like the, the, the entire year was just full of highlights. It's really difficult to um, to pinpoint just because I'm equally grateful for every single one. Yeah, it was also kind of a blur. Everything was just kind of smashed together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that too. That too. Oh, man. The amount of flights, the amount of driving, the amount of, oh my gosh, mechanicals, going to bike shops, getting it fixed, losing an entire day to a mechanical. It's just, yeah, the entire the entire summer was an absolute blur. <laughs> so, I mean, you spent the summer as Legion's like development rider. Um, and I mean, I, from from an outsider's perspective, I have a hard time understanding how 
you could be defined as a development writer, um, given your successes. How does that work? <laughs> I mean, also, like, you look at Legion and their entire roster is so stacked. Like, where, where would a development writer even fit in? I mean, honestly, like, it's, um, it's tough being a development writer when there's just, like, if I were to be able to race with the pros, there's no spot for me. So, um, hence, I'm doing the, the one-two races the entire year rather than being able to step up and race, like, a P1 when, objectively, I think that if I were racing with any other team, I'd be one of the, like, best guys on the roster it's it's just tough. I mean, there's 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 no spot for me when literally everyone there is like either a national champion or just like former like like world tour or something like that, like like Tyler Williams or or Freddie. Do you consider yourself a development writer? Because it seems like you've had a lot of um, like opportunity in your career to go over and race in Europe, which is something that most writers, especially those doing the USA Crit series, did not have. Uh, so I think you know kind of regardless of how stacked or not Legion's squad is, like like you said, I would, you're objectively as good as any of them are, which I think is where the confusion comes from in the development title. Uh, so do you did you envision, like, picture yourself as a development writer at any point this year? Like, did you feel like you had something to develop too? Yeah, I mean, also, like, my, my expectation going this, into this year was like, okay, I'd taken an extended amount of time off, all these people are insanely fast. Like they're, it's literally the number one team in the US. I'm not expecting to be up to their level. I'm just expecting to ride my bike and do my best, whatever that is. Um, it just so happened that it ended up being a killer year and up being a lot better than what I had expected. But you know, still like there's, there's not really like a spot to develop into. I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to do this well, like this year or even like really ever. I think that I still learned a lot this year. Like as a development writer, I got to sit in on the meetings. I got to like think, I got to see like their strategy as it was being created. I got to see like the way that Justin thinks of a race. And he's honestly like one of the best leaders I've seen for like a professional team in terms of tactics and strategies. You know, he sees a race in a way that no other professional athlete that I've met sees a race, like in terms of his attention to detail. So uh, I, l- I learned a lot on that aspect. I think that if I wasn't on Legion, I actually like would have like stunted my growth slightly just in terms of like how I see a race. So on, like one of the, the biggest things that had impacted my actual like racing results this year was being able to one sit in on those meetings, even if it was just two of them. <laughs> and also to be able to work with Adam because he gave me the second I to to think about when I'm racing. So I'm not looking at things from just my perspective. I'm looking at it from my perspective. I'm looking at it from the way that Justin would handle it. And I'm looking at it the way that Adam would handle it. And I have all three perspectives coming into like how I'm going to make that decision in the middle of the race. Being a development rider, like is is definitely like wasn't easy given like all the results that I'd get I'd gotten. But at the same time, like there's there's nothing I can do about it. With everything that you have learned this year, do you have any long-term, like cycling-specific long-term goals? Or are you still kind of taking some time just to process this whole year and and figure out what you want to do next? I'm always living in like retrospect and also thinking 10 steps in advance. So, you know, like we had talked before the podcast, I'm not going to be returning to Legion for next year. That's something that heavily impacts my plans for cycling, obviously. (laughs) 
do I want to continue writing? Uh, if so, like, how do I want to do it? If so, how do I want to do it? How am I going to do it? Like all of those questions need to be answered somewhat like soon, you know, because like it's, it's October, a lot of sponsorships are already like a lot of sponsors are closing their contracts, setting aside marketing budgets for everything. If I'm not too late now, even a week from now, I could be too late. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, where do I see myself going with cycling long term? I don't need cycling in my life. Like me personally, I don't need to race in order to feel some sort of like fulfillment. I am a lot happier when my athletes win races than when I win races. And that's like for sure. Absolutely true. Like I remember my athletes wins way longer than I remember my own just because it's, it's, um, it's a lot more fulfilling for me to work with like someone else and help them like succeed. Um, so, you know, and obviously like I have a lot of other ventures that are going on outside of cycling, like outside of my own like professional racing career that, um, that I'm going to be doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I just need to think about, um, if I want to race next year, if so, who am I going to race for? Or like, am I going to race privately? And if so, like what sponsors do I want to work with and all that jazz, but the history, like the story is untold as of right now. I, I absolutely have zero clue, but I know I'm going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, uh, that's not the worst position to be in. And I think, uh, after this comes out and people hear that you're a bit of a free agent, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of, uh, team Instagram accounts sliding into your DMs. <laughs> oh man, potentially. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, maybe by the time that this comes out, I'll have already made a decision, but, um, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think um, a lot of life is just being able to handle change and being able to take like what life throws at you and just make the best of it. So, like, yeah, I'm a little bit upset, but I mean, honestly, like, it's it's not the it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So, Legion Legion is a great team, but at the same time, like, it's just a difference in uh, opinion, I'd say. And I think a lot of people have shown, especially these last couple of years, that there are ways of making a living in cycling if that's something you want to do besides, you know, being on a team and making a a living through the team. Like you can go out, you can kind of explore your own personal options and and find a path and a a lifestyle. Like, like you said, that, that works for you. I do have kind of a random question. Do you know, so Legion is spelled with like the E as a A three and a nine. So the I is not a one, correct? And the, the O is not a zero. Do you know why? Uh, so 39th Street in LA, where they grew up. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because I was like, more of these letters could be numbers, <laughs> but they aren't. <laughs> it's really 3,910. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they, they grew up on 39th Street. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a... Symbol of their childhood. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Cool, cool. Yeah, it seems like something that would have been, I don't know, a little more public knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, um, they do publicize it sometimes, but really, like, uh, it's it's just part of the, the, the marketing structure, so I'm sure, I'm sure, like, they'll, you'll see it, you'll see it now, like, it'll make more sense when they start saying, like, 39th Street more. Do we want to ask some fun more questions? Or? Yeah, um, I think to finish up, we can do some, uh some speed rounds okay yeah i'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> we will be also speedy coming up with these so yeah, it will have to be yeah we'll ha- we're gonna have to be okay just based on your t-shirt i'm gonna ask you uh dogs or cats oh man dogs for sure but i love cats so um 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, like one of my big goals in life is to just like when I'm finally like done traveling, you get a dog. That's like my number one goal. And I'm like, I can't wait to finally settle down and just get a dog. What kind of dog? I was thinking an Aussie. Crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I go crazy for him. I follow this hashtag Aussie pups on Instagram. It's literally just like, and pup cave. <laughs> it's going to drive you to early retirement, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's what but, really um, motivates yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what motivates me. Get to a spot where I can finally have a dog. What's your favorite course of the year? course of the uh the crit series crybaby hill almost made me black out actually no i did black out at the end of crybaby hill that one was crazy shoot winston salem was honestly like a very fun course just because of the figure eight looped up and under like the bridge that was super cool yeah i'd say honestly tulsa and winston like the, the like every every day of tulsa was good um coffee or tea coffee absolutely all the way i'm having coffee right now uh cookies or donuts cookies donuts upset my stomach oh what a bummer (laughs) like i actually like the taste of donuts i just hate the after effects like i could do cookies all day favorite fruit apples honeycrisp apple actually 1000 percent all the way they're more than worth the price they're more than worth the price i've done extensive research on the honeycrisp apple and they are worth it (laughs) (laughs) interesting well, man, I don't want to pause the round, but like, what did you find out about the Honeycrisp that like really sold you on it? Um, they're actually like they're they're created at the University of Minnesota. Um, the reason why they're so expensive is just because um, like the the university still earns like royalties from every Honeycrisp apple sold. Not only that, the the picking process of the apples is very delicate. So like when you cut it, you have to cut like the stem very short. Versus like Galas, they're very like they're very cheap apples. It doesn't really matter if they get bruised or anything. Honeycrisp, the stem can actually damage the apple itself. So you have to cut it super close. So it takes the workers more time to actually pick them. Um, the transportation process is a little bit more delicate. So yeah, it's it's still worth it. It's just more than worth it. Would you rather experience extreme heat or extreme cold? Uh, I would rather experience... Honestly, I used to perform really poorly in the heat, but this year has been different. I don't really mind anymore. I don't think about temperature. I just kind of like, okay, well... It's cold. I should probably put on a jacket or like it's hot. I should probably put on an eye sock. I just kind of deal with it. Yeah. When I'm like in the middle of it, I don't really think about anything. I'm really just like when I train, I'm usually listening to audiobooks. So I'm like super invested in that or yeah, I just, I just kind of like zone out. Yeah. Unless my hands get cold, then it's like game over. Nikes or Adidas? Nikes all the way, all the way, all the way. I will right, finish it with this one. Uh, road bike or mountain bike if you could only have one for the rest of your life? Oh, man. I'd probably say road bike just for its utility. Yeah, I'd be using it for more practical measures like commuting and stuff like that. Um, mountain bike's way more fun, but it's also like you get tired of it after like an hour and a half, at least for me. Unless I'm in like a really cool place and I could ride like four hours and not get tired, but I still like, it's just mentally draining to ride my mountain bike so long. It's a lot more, you gotta be a lot more focused. Like you can't really audio book on a mountain bike ride. Yeah, no, there's usually something crazy happening too. Every downhill, I'm usually almost crashing or something. But, um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, no, it was great hopping on the podcast with you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another episode of the show. We are a proud part of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out everything about the full lineup there. The literal bevy of shows available at WideAnglePodium.com. 
Today's show was written and produced by Alan Schroeder and Celine Oberholzer and edited by me, Rob Kelly. Next week, we have a great interview with Scott McGill, formerly of Avolo, now of Wildlife Generation. Please come check us out again for more stories from our Criterium Nation.